I remember distinctly when I started to pull back. It's what I would call it. See, I called it pulling back. Yeah, that's a better term. I pulled back. When I was pulling back and I wasn't going so hard at work, uh, what was really interesting is that people noticed immediately. Yes. Immediately. Uh, yes. So I did a couple of things. One, I stopped investing in my wardrobe um, because that was something that was really important. I was traveling a lot on business. I was meeting with clients. And obviously, there were financial implications to that. But mm-hmm. the moment that I stopped doing that, people noticed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was almost as if it was like, ah, oh, well, he you know, doesn't, doesn't want it anymore. He doesn't yeah. want to grow anymore. He doesn't see himself yeah. as a director anymore. And I remember having that conversation with someone. And I remember thinking that was so sad, but it actually made me want to do it even further. Welcome to the Rich and Regular podcast presented by Success, where we explore life at the intersection of money. I'm Julian. And I'm Kirsten. And today's episode is about the newest workplace trend, quiet quitting. Oh, I see what you did there. (laughs) You're kind of whispering. (laughs) Yeah. Quiet quitting. Quiet quitting. (laughs) I'm really hesitant to call this one a a trend because in my eyes, it's nothing new per se. Yeah. But I guess it's new in the moment, and it keeps going viral thanks to the TikTokers. So I just figured, you know, we could talk about it and see what happens. Right. So you've heard of this, right? You've heard of quiet kid. I, I, I did. I can't I even did. say it. Quiet kidding. Quiet, quiet quitting. Yeah, <laughs> QQ. So I am a sucker for alliteration, and so like my first thought was like, oh, that's cool. Like quiet. <laughs> quitting, even though it's, it's a little difficult. It doesn't roll off the tongue very easily. So my first thought was like, oh, that's cool. Wish I thought of it. Secondly, I was like, I mean, I guess so. Like, to me, it just kind of seems like, I don't know. It just, it, you know, it seems like an idea that a writer had. They came up with it. They gave this blanket term. Because it's not like they go out, they survey people. No. Right? It's like somebody sitting in an office somewhere. They're like, ooh, I got a cool idea. Let's call it this thing. Yeah. And they just put it out there. They use their platform. So I get it. You know. Yeah. Give them their props. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, I'm, I'm indifferent, which is why I'm glad that we're we're talking about it. Because uh, yeah. you know, I don't feel... Like, I think a lot of people will certainly understand it. They get it. I'm sure there's some people listening right now who have no idea what the heck we're talking about. Yeah, we're going to start with the definition so, so in yeah, just a it's, second. So, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's all over the board. I'm still all over the board. We'll see what happens maybe 20, 30 minutes from now. Yeah. <laughs> so let's start with what it is. Okay. Or maybe it's easier to start with what it isn't. It isn't actually about quitting your job, at least not immediately. Yeah. It's simply agreeing to just do your job. That's it. Nothing else above and beyond. No first in, last out. No more agreeing to these unreasonable deadlines. You just simply do what's outlined in your job description. That is quiet quitting. So it's kind of like telling students, you know, don't worry about your GPA. Just graduate. Just go to school and make sure that you graduate. Which technically is not bad advice, but I digress. Because on the surface, quiet quitting seems like a fairly rational response. But at the same time, when you realize how much of corporate culture or even just work culture in general depends on people doing other people's jobs or doing jobs that don't necessarily have a person attached to them, then you start to realize like why the term exists, why why you got to be quiet about the fact that you only want to do your job. And so to your point, naturally, there's been like some debate about the name. 
Some people say it's really just about setting healthy boundaries. Other people say it's a dressed up way to just kind of slack off. And a few geriatric millennials, if that's a term that you believe in, have suggested rebranding it to just acting your wage instead of acting your age. You just kind of act like you're paid. (laughs) But I, I mean, I get it. At the minimum, I feel like the term is pretty passive aggressive. Given the definition, like... I think it is a flat-out response to just how ridiculous corporate America has gotten, especially over the last couple of years. Yeah. And this is something that you and I obviously have been paying attention to when we first found the FIRE movement, because mm-hmm. there were tons of reasons why people were wanting to pursue financial independence. And one of them was that they were just flat-out tired of the BS, right? Oh, and they yeah. were tired of the overwork. They were tired of the commute and all these things that just kept on coming up. And it just kind of felt like a never-ending game that you really just couldn't win. And so it feels to me like coming out of the pandemic, and, and, I, and I'm saying this one just for observation, but also because we've literally had the privilege of speaking to hundreds of professionals across who knows how many industries just over the last couple of months with our book tour, and a lot of them, like this is before the term even came out, but like they were talking about like creating these kinds of boundaries and saying like, it. first of all, it's not working, mm-hmm. right? Like I'm doing all these things. I did everything they asked. I went above and beyond and I've been doing it for the last couple of years. I haven't gotten the raise. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if anything, they, I, it just attracted more work to me. Yes. And so people are saying, <laughs> you know what? Like I'm not doing this anymore because it's not necessarily impacting uh, my bottom line. And now they're exploring alternative ways of earning income where at least they have a little greater control over when and how they go above and beyond. Um, Or in some cases, they just have higher stakes or higher margin because they're like starting a business or Mm -hmm. launching a product or a service or something along along those lines. So, you know, my guess is if I had to just like I don't think the term is going to stick. I think it's just one of those because because the word quit is a very... um, powerful word that people associate with with negativity Mm -hmm. so it's not i don't think it's really gonna take off but i do like it takes the edge off of it Mm, no No, No, it's like a soft hit (laughs) right it's like hitting's not allowed doesn't matter it's an open-handed slap right versus a punch exactly (laughs) i don't see it taking off but i do really think that it's 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 a huge response uh to just you know, workplace culture and workplace Absolutely. politics. So. I think you're spot on. I think whenever trends like this come up, we kind of have to explore where they even came from, yeah. like what's happening across the board for a term like quiet quitting to even take off to the point that it has. And I think the answer is exactly what you said. It's burnout. We talked about this on last week's episode when we were talking about lessons learned from past recessions, and we kind of like glossed over it. We mentioned it, but not at length, but we mentioned the fact that most companies outside of the tech sector are doing just fine. They're actually doing more than fine. They're doing pretty freaking great. It's like almost all of the, the energy that was fueling the tech growth in the early stages of the pandemic has now kind of slowed and rolled into these other sectors that can benefit from a more vaccinated population or a more over it per population, whatever you want to call it. And so these companies are seeing incredible results. And so for the employees who sit there in these all hands meetings and listen to these exceptional financial results and these new investments, and they're told over and over again that the only prize that they get to keep is their job. (laughs) They don't get like a bonus payout. They don't get promotions. They don't get flexible work hours. They just get to keep their job. 
And for me, like quiet, I know, yay, (laughs) quiet quitting is like this refusal to go above and beyond. And it marks this shift in the power dynamic between employee and employer that we talk about really, you know, pretty often on this podcast. But what employees are now saying is that, no, actually, I want you to go above and beyond. Like, tell me why you should keep me. Tell me, give me an incentive for me to do more than what you're actually paying me to do. Yeah. Now, even the example that you used uh, brings me back to a very specific story in conversation that we had. Uh, So a friend of ours hosted a private book signing, which was so cool. Yeah. Uh, and it was filled with like former coworkers. Mm-hmm. And so we hadn't seen them. I know I hadn't seen them in upwards of four years. And so to see a lot of the people that we used to work with and for us to start trading stories in the moment was really, really interesting. And one of the guys I actually didn't know and met there for the very first time, but I remember seeing him in passing, even though we weren't necessarily friends while we worked uh, together for that company. And he worked in the finance department. And for him, it was like particularly mm-hmm. offensive because he could see like through the pandemic, one, I think he went through being furloughed, then was brought back at a lower pay grade. Mm. Um, and again, he's in finance. So he yeah. sees the, the flow and he yeah. sees the numbers. Like and you can afford me. He sees the actual uh, ability of the company to, yes, they, they didn't have to do things as aggressively as they did or they didn't have to like agree or decide not to issue bonuses that year. Mm-hmm. And so once he saw that, it was like a really big slap in the face, mm-hmm. right? That on top of the idea of going to work in an environment where you might be exposing yourself yeah. to a life-threatening disease. And That's so real. whether you work in finance or not, I think there was something about the pandemic that really forced people to think differently mm-hmm. about work and the role that it plays in their lives and how much focus they want to play on it. So all of that to say, you know, as much as we celebrate people creating these boundaries and saying, you know what, enough is enough. I'm going to yeah. better myself or I'm going to explore something else. There are some downsides or at least I'll say like some valid criticisms that I think yeah. are worthy of discussion. And so let's talk a little bit about those. Um, we've spoken a good bit about the Great Resignation, which I can kind of see this as being like a continuation or really like a byproduct of it. Um, but I think people, you know, or for one of them, I would say that this is a bit of a distorted reaction to that because people are seeing that jobs are, in fact, plentiful. And actually, I can leave here and just go get another one. We have read articles about hiring managers who are going through all these processes of finding people and extending offers and then they don't even show up, right? right? And so, like, this is the world that we are in right now, fortunately or unfortunately, depending on the side of the negotiation table you're sitting on. Yeah, the criticism is that you're only able to do this because jobs are so plentiful and people still feel like it's easy to get another job. Yeah, this is what's... (laughs) I'm throwing out a lot of terminology here, but like this is what the war for talent looks like. We've been hearing that term for well over a decade now. And um, I think this is, we're seeing it uh, right now where people are getting poached and leaving very, very quickly without any notice. Mm -hmm. Um, Another consideration, downside or criticism of this, um, this is actually one that I uh, agree with, but it's really just the same old, same old, which is kind of like bashing millennials and saying, oh, you guys with your... Entitled, views of the world and you're entitled and you're lazy and you really want jobs to be like this place that's an expression of your values and you know you didn't have to do that above market (laughs) rate yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. so there's that criticism where it's like no this is really just a millennial thing what i found really interesting about this though is uh, in a particular 
group that I'm a part of, there was some conversation about this, quiet quitting, uh, but it was a, a little older group. And I was actually really happy to see like Gen Xers like kind of standing up for this. I'm like, mm-hmm. enough with the with the millennial bashing guys. I remember when you guys said the same thing about us yeah. or when the same thing was said about us as Gen Xers. Uh, and so it seems like really... Basically, boomers are bullies. So sorry to the <laughs> Not all boomers. boomers listening. But that's kind of what it sounded like based on that. Another criticism here is in a tight job market, doing the bare minimum at your previous job will make you a less attractive candidate, right? Like yeah, if you're that true. manager, you're the one that's giving reviews every single quarter, maybe, depending on how your company does it. You're looking at the person who's sitting back and coasting and you're <laughs> comparing that person's value or how much of the allotted pool for bonuses is going to go to that person versus yeah. the person who's really, really hustling, who's still out there grinding. And so, you know, so yeah, you, you could you could cut yourself short of a of could. a bonus. And even just interviewing for another company, like you know the famous question is tell me about a time you went above and beyond yeah. to achieve a project goal. You're like, I don't do that. Like yeah. I'm not that's not on me. I'm a quiet quitter. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, that's a I'll, good point. Yeah. I, I will give them that. That's a valid criticism where it's like, okay, it's a short term game, but you could be shooting yourself in the foot for yeah. a future job. Yep, yeah. yeah. And the last one I mentioned, uh, kind of like as another critique, is that there are some jobs you really can't just kind of check out of, right? Yeah. Like, I hate to sound like a stand-up comedian. I think it was Chris Rock, and I think, but you can't, like, you can't be a bad pilot. Like, you, you can't coast. <laughs> if your pilot was quiet quitting, you know what I mean? Like, you <laughs> like, don't really. Although low key, some of them kind of are. They press the autopilot button. <laughs> they just like, don't I'm become here, a direct flight really of plane. <laughs> Yeah, so you know it, it's 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 one of those things. Like it doesn't work for everyone, um, and I've actually given us you know quite a bit of thought. So I don't know what your reactions are, but yeah, uh, I I can see I can see all of those, barring the calling generations of people entitled and lazy. But like I can see a little bit of all of those because we're in this weird uh, transitional fra- phase between like what used to work with careers and what we want careers to look like. Mm-hmm. But I think one of the more salient points that I've seen is around what it does to our social skills. Like, what does it mean when we always equate enforcing boundaries to be something that you do quietly, right? If you look at, even if you look at relationships outside of just employee and employer, you see these trends like ghosting or like soft fade. And for those who aren't familiar with the lingo, that just means you're, you know, you like somebody, but then eventually you just stop responding to your text messages or like just go away altogether. Right. There is this sentiment that as Americans, we're losing our ability to openly communicate with each other about our needs, our beliefs. Like I'm not going to link this to cancel culture, but just like generally speaking, it's becoming more socially acceptable to just not be your authentic self and not say what's on your mind. Yeah, and I'm not I'm not pro that at yeah, all, right? right? I do if anything I want more people to have their freedom to express themselves. Um even in the workplace. Um yeah, I, I find that there are greater issues that kind of come from uh, that sense of feeling muted or censored all the time. Like mm-hmm. I feel like to your point that has some negative impacts on uh, your social skills. And as an introvert, I can I can definitely kind of relate to that. I remember distinctly when I started to pull back. It's what I would call it. See, I called it pulling back. Yeah, that's a better term. I pulled back. When I was pulling back <laughs> and I wasn't going so hard at work, uh, what was really interesting is that people noticed immediately. Yes. Immediately. Uh, yes. So I did a couple of things. One, I stopped investing in my wardrobe. 
um, because that was something that was really important. I was traveling a lot on business. I was meeting with clients. And obviously, there were financial implications to that. But Mm -hmm. the moment I stopped doing that, people noticed. Mm -hmm. uh, And it was almost as if it was like, ah, well... He, you know, doesn't doesn't want it anymore. He doesn't yeah. want to grow anymore. He doesn't see himself yeah. as a director anymore. And I remember having that conversation with someone, and I remember thinking that was so sad, but it actually made me want to do it even further because I was like, man, if this is what it takes, mm-hmm. I, I definitely don't want to be a part of this system because this, it seems as if there was no end in sight. Um, and the second thing I would say to that is, at least in my particular. Uh, at least when I was working and in my career, I'm giving all the caveats. When I was working <laughs> in my career for that company, in that department, right? <laughs> you start to see um, that there's like patterns within personality types. Mm-hmm. And so you start to look up and you say, like, it seems like everyone that is a VP is like very extroverted. Oh, yeah. Right? Like mm-hmm. in certain departments um, or certain companies, for sure. It's like, yeah. So if you're not that type of person, if you're not displaying these types of behaviors, you're pretty much just going to be overlooked. And on top mm-hmm. of that, you've got books and all kinds of strategic management theory that will tell you the act of mirroring oh, is yeah. really important. So, And there's lots boss, of books for introverts on how to be more extroverted, but absolutely. there's never a book for extroverts on how to like... Sit down and be quiet. Yeah, it's not fair. I, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, it's like it's like the right, uh, it's like the the left handedness of the world. Yes. You know what I mean? It's like the entire world <laughs> is sort of catering to all of these extroverts, and they're seeing these behaviors yeah. as being, you know. The, the, the habits or the behaviors of thought leaders and motivators and influencers. And the reality is, like, sometimes it's really just people trying to hide their insecurities. Like, can yeah. we just be honest about that? And so it's not to say that one or the other is 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 better. It just kind of depends. But all of that to say, like, there's so much to this idea of quiet quitting that obviously can have some blowback. And so we want to oh, make sure that people aren't just sort of grabbing hold of it and saying, you know what, I'm done. They're throwing their hands up and quitting yeah. the jobs. That's a really good point. I hadn't thought about changing your physical appearance or even your environment as a form of quiet quitting. But if I think back to my situation, you know, this was a while ago when I first started, st- when I first stopped straightening my hair for work and started wearing it naturally curly, Correct. that was a form of quiet quitting. It was not acceptable to be Correct. a natural haired black woman in the workplace. Yeah, it's seen as if you're, you're, you're making a... Statement. Open statement yeah. to divest it's like, I don't from be your career path. Yes. You know what? Y'all can keep it. Yeah. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm not playing this game anymore. Mm-hmm. It's the equivalent of just sort of, you know, like kicking the ball and it's like, I'm good. I mean, I'm, I'll show up. Yeah. But I'm not playing. That's interesting. We have spoken quite extensively about our feelings <laughs> on this new phrase, quiet quitting. Um, what may have sparked it uh, and why people are for or against it, given all those variables, we wanted to break it down and see if we could identify a couple of uh, personality types or people or types. Like, who is this for um, versus who it is not for? <laughs> um, number one, people with a backup plan. So quiet quitting is for people with a backup plan because it could absolutely backfire <laughs> into some sort of termination or even... Uh, like a softer social consequence, like being left out of important decisions at work, not being considered for key promotions or um, like not being eligible for developmental opportunities. Yeah, like you said. Yeah. And, and then there's like a mental toll of staying in an environment where you're not seen as engaged. I remember, uh, again, going thinking back on my own career, I, I went through this very 
short period of time. It was like six to nine months where I literally did like close to nothing. I mean, you remember the time period. I mean, I think I planned like our honeymoon in great detail during that time because the job was so boring and it was just so completely disorganized. I was just so bored at work. But the difference is if I'd gotten laid off and was given like a package, I was fine, right? Yeah. We'd already paid off all our debts. We were in a really good position. We had a rental property. Things were were, were looking good. We had networks and the ability to find another job and all that stuff. And so it was perfectly fine if I got laid off. And I had sort of come to uh, a level of comfort with that potential consequence. But if you don't have those things, mm-hmm. right, Like, and, and, and all of a sudden you are identified as someone who has done that or even simpler, just identified as someone that just isn't a good fit anymore. You're mm-hmm. not a part of the team culture or the um, not bringing the energy that we think we need for this particular job. There can be some really negative blowback. And so um, without question, I would say quiet quitting is probably best suited for people oh, who yeah. have a backup plan. And I would add to that even like multiple sources of income. Yeah. And even if it's not about the perception of being seen as not engaged, you got to think about what your mental health looks like when you're just not engaged, right? Yeah. Like the essence of quiet quitting is just doing what's asked of you, not signing up for any challenging work, not signing up for any extra, you know, curriculars, nothing. And so there is like a mental toll of just being bored for 40 or 50 hours a week that you have to consider as well. All right. The second type of person or people that quiet quitting might be good for are people who have remote positions. Yeah. So I'm not saying that only people with remote jobs can pursue this, but it is much, much easier if you have some sort of flexible work arrangement. Like if you're working from home, it's far easier to dial into a conference call with the camera off and fold laundry while you're listening, or you can, you know, opt out of a Zoom happy hour because of a scheduling conflict. But if you're in the office and there's a team event, you need to be much more prepared to verbalize why you're not coming, yeah. right? And saying, I don't want to, is a perfectly fine answer. It's not in my job description. <laughs> it's not in my job description. This networking event is not in my JD. <laughs> but just know that it may not translate well to your peers and your supervisor. Mm-hmm. We actually have a friend who works for a company that has retail stores. She's in the corporate office, but the company has retail stores. And on the days where they have a corporate you, all you hands. You can say the company. No. <laughs> on the days where they have corporate all hands, they require their corporate employees to dress like the frontline workers as an act of solidarity. There may be listeners that work for the they same company. Exactly what it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, she hates it. And so one day she decided that she was not going to participate. She did not wear the uniform. And when I tell you she was asked so many times by so many people where her uniform was, she finally just put it on begrudgingly just to not have to deal with it. So I tell that story because office pressure is very real, very real. Not to say that you still can't stand up for what you want to do, but just know that you may be the talk of the office that day. And that brings a separate set of challenges. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, I'm trying my best not to say the name of the company, <laughs> but we had a long back and forth about that. <laughs> yeah, she sent us a picture with it on. Like, uh, I did it. I got tired of answering this questions. ridiculous. I hate this place. <laughs> um, all right. So the third type of person quite quitting may be a good option for is a person who works in a toxic work environment where candid conversations aren't encouraged or like even possible. Yeah. Um, 
look, we're all adults here. If you're burnt out and you want to dial back, you should talk to your supervisor and explain the situation so everybody has a heads up on what's going on with you. Um, As someone who works with other adults on a regular basis, I'm always surprised at how many people like choose to simply avoid conversations instead of communicating what they need. Exactly. Um, They just sort of, you can just tell, right? We used to work with a a woman who, (laughs) I didn't get what she was saying at first, but uh, she used to do, um, you remember Nicole would do this invisible spray thing. Oh, yeah. Right? She was like, <laughs> the idea was that you've got this can of invisible spray. <laughs> and she would just act like she was spraying herself. She's like, I'm not here. Like, I'm, I'm here, but I'm not here. Another boss would just say iPad swipe. iPad swipe. iPad swipe. IPad swipe. Yeah, Whenever we, she was done with the conversation, like iPad swipe. I'm not even here. Yeah. Just <laughs> clearly we worked for a bunch of dejected people. Yes. Um, the point is, like, there's there's a healthy way to like assert your boundaries without leaving your coworkers, you know, hanging in the wind, yeah. and especially in a pinch, or possibly impacting their boundaries because now they need to cover whatever you have decided to let go, right? So give people a chance. I think just by speaking up. Um, to make it right or to accommodate what it is that you need as opposed to having these feelings and thoughts in your head, making the decision that you're going to create and enforce these boundaries. But, but, this is a big old but. (laughs) Big old but. This doesn't always work. I've been in environments where (laughs) attempting to talk and resolve an issue is just another point of stress because of the gaslighting that ensues. So if you're in that situation, quiet quitting gives you a way to still collect your check without getting so invested in what's happening at the workplace while you come up with some type of exit plan. Yes. Yes. This is so important because if you are in a toxic environment where you can't have those adult conversations that Julian was talking about, Quiet quitting with no end in sight could be very risky. So the goal is to quiet quit while you build your exit plan. It's like to quiet quit without looking like you're quiet quitting. Yeah. Even quieter (laughs) quitting. Silent. Silent quitting. Yes. All right. So the fourth type of person that quiet quitting might be good for are people who work in environments that are perpetually understaffed. If your job is always, and I mean always understaffed, not just on weekends, not just on vacation times, always understaffed, it is a job that is structured and almost designed to burn you out. And if you're that person who's always picking up the extra shifts or doing four different jobs on your one shift, you're not only saving the company hundreds of thousands of dollars every single year, you're also setting yourself up for the massive disappointment of not being able to get promoted because you're too valuable where you are, right? We've all, we've, we've been there specifically, Julian and I have been there. We've been there receiving that heartbreaking conclusion after spending years learning every single position only to be told we're not strategic, quote unquote, enough to do something bigger. And it's unfair. And the, you only have to do it one time to learn not to do it again. Yeah. So I will say for you, quiet quitting isn't necessarily about phoning it in to the detriment of your customers or your patients or your students or whoever you serve. It's really about establishing clear boundaries for what you will and won't do. Yeah. Things like, you know, I'm going to take my lunch away from my desk 
or I won't beat myself up if the phone rings and I'm not able to get it because I'm with somebody else, right? Or I'm not bringing my phone on vacation. Yeah, I'm not bringing I'm my not phone bringing on my vacation. Laptop. Yeah. Yeah, for you quiet quitting is really just about figuring out which parts of your jobs are your actual responsibilities versus the company's responsibility for surviving (laughs) and then only doing that and then doing it really well, right? Like you're not responsible for the company unless you own it. And that's a different conversation. Yeah. We spend a lot of time talking about teachers because we meet a lot of them, but uh, this is also making me think about uh, people who work for nonprofit organizations um, because to your point, they are unfortunately stretched really thin like they're doing everything right like oh man i'm i'm fundraising i am outreach mm-hmm. i am you know mm-hmm. sort of graphic the, the design person i do social media yeah i do all of these things and to your point like it can be a lot and it's kind of expected that this is just what it's going to be like mm-hmm. because you know we work for a nonprofit and there's not a lot of money going around and you know it's just one of those things um and, and even recently i remember seeing something on social media where someone finally felt comfortable talking about it. And I think it was in response to the rise of this term or this trend of quiet quitting. Uh, And so, yeah, it's definitely something that I think a lot of different people, and and it's likely a bit more challenging for folks in certain industries versus others. You you know if you're one of those people or not. I think those are just two examples. You know if you're doing five jobs every single day. For sure, for sure. Because of understaffing. For sure. And and more often than not, you know, we we talked about this a little bit on our website. These are the job lovers. These Uh are the people whose sense of identity and, dare I say, even purpose are sort of rolled into their job and so as or identity. And as a result, they are willing more than than not to go the extra mile regardless of whether or not they're getting something in return. And so we're kind of asking you to think about yourself a little bit. Um, And again, you may not necessarily have to go full-fledged, quiet quitting, but um, creating some boundaries, some space, and some separation is probably a good thing for you. Yeah. And then last but certainly not least... And the Venn diagram between this type of person and the person that I we just described is probably a circle. But last but certainly not least, quiet quitting is a good consideration for perfectionists, oh, right? Yeah. And maybe you don't identify with the term perfectionist. Maybe you're just someone who is competitive in work environments. Maybe you're just full of ambition. You don't mind the long days and the long nights. This is your dream job. You're just happy to be here. Whatever you call that. I have been you. You are my people. But you should absolutely consider quiet quitting, even if it's just a couple of days a week, right? Like Julian just said, it's not saying that you have to fully opt into this way of being and leave behind all of the things that make you you. But you do have to find some sort of structure that almost forces you to put boundaries and find balance in your life because it doesn't come naturally. And that's not shady. <laughs> that's just that's just what it is. And so that structure may be this term of, of quiet quitting. Like if we were talking about a diet and you told me like, I only eat protein. I love what it does for me. I love it. It's awesome to just eat all this like meat and protein. Yeah, you're Joe Rogan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would remind you that too much of a good thing can be harmful, right? So I just encourage you to incorporate some vegetables, fiber, natural sugars, whatever. And that's kind of how you th- should think of quiet quitting and boundaries. Like incorporate a little green in that thing and like <laughs> have a balanced diet personality or something. (laughs) Mm. 
Okay, so my final thought after doing all the research for this episode is that while there is kind of a generally agreed upon definition for quiet quitting, there isn't a similar general agreed upon outlook for what happens when you do it or when a lot of us do it. There are just as many people who believe this is the demise of our labor force as there are people who believe this is a really important step in this ongoing labor movement to try and resolve the burnout and the impossibility of having a family and having a job at the same time. So I think y'all know where I stand, but I'll say it again. Establishing boundaries and a more equitable relationship between you and your employer is a critical, critical part of achieving any financial goal that you have, right? Whether you call it quiet quitting or just good sense, totally up to you. But if you're feeling burned out, checked out, or on the verge of like losing your sanity, I highly suggest that you give it a try, even if you have to call it something different. Yeah, yeah. My uh, my final thought is a a little similar, Um, and I'll tell a very brief story here. I remember uh, there was a moment in time in my corporate career where the entire team, starting with with the head of our organization down, was so frustrated with the number of PowerPoint presentations that we were making. They were like, gosh, guys, it's too many decks. It's way too many decks. I get 50 decks into me every single day, and it feels like everyone spends 40% of their time creating more decks. And I said uh, in that moment that I was going to kind of take heed of that advice, and I was just going to try to keep things simpler. There were a couple of people in our organization that were doing this already, and I was going to be the first one to try enforcing this new thing. And I felt empowered to do it because the head of our organization sort of agreed to do it. Uh, well, that lasted about a week <laughs> because the reality is like they were not okay with that. Uh, and so the moral of that story is, uh, and there was blowback with me, by the way. It was like, um, where's your, I'm just like, where's your deck, right? What'd you do? Um, so the moral of the story is um, nobody wants to be the the pain in the butt to their boss. Like, let's not overcomplicate this stuff, guys. Like, do not blow the bag because you read a New York Times article about a trend <laughs> called quiet quitting and you want to bring it up on your team organization. Like, I get it. It's relevant. You could argue that the concept or the way of working is something that fits very neatly inside the, one of the chapters from my book, The 15-Year mm-hmm. Career. It mm-hmm. absolutely does. I actually encourage people to do this in years 11 through 15. But what have they done before well, they've gotten even there? Even in the 15-year career, you have a backup plan. Correct. Like you're building one as you Correct. execute. I encourage you to do that yeah. when you have a viable set of systems in place that is generating predictable income that can allow you to maintain your quality of life, mm-hmm. quality of living, right? We encourage that after you've paid off your debt. We encourage it after 10 years of investing consistently in the stock market. So you have this foundational set of habits and investing and compounding interest working on your behalf. So all of those are a great precursor to even considering quiet quitting. So I get it. Uh, what I don't want to see or what I hope doesn't happen is that this really becomes something that kicks off. It becomes a fundamental part of like culture and workplace culture, but people are jumping into it without having their finances in order. So yeah. it's a concept. It's something to be mindful of. We're all about team creating boundaries and setting um, so, uh, so, uh, prioritizing how you manage your time, but don't blow the bag over quiet quitting. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. It's far easier to quiet quit in a new job than one you've been, you know, doing for a while. Completely agree. 
All right. Well, thank you for listening to another episode of the Rich and Regular podcast presented by Success. If you like what you heard, don't just be a quiet quitter. Quit being quiet. <laughs> like a few moments to leave us a five-star rating sorry, and review. I'm, I'm sorry. Quit being quiet. I'm so sorry. I mean, bars. We will see y'all next week. Bye.